Hello. Welcome to Small Screen. I am Edward Lauder. Today we have a hell of a show, a jolly good show. We're going to be talking about Scarlett Johansson and her and her Also, Ray Winstone, he does the best accent. <laughs> best accent. We're talking about Scarlett Johansson is changing the industry with her lawsuit against Disney for lost revenues in her movie Black Widow that was also simultaneously released on Disney+, Plus, violating her contract. This is a serious topic. We're going to talk about, but we're mainly going to talk about Ray Winstone and how good his accent is. His accent is fantastic. All right. All right. That's enough. That's you're not Edward. What? No, you're not Edward. But no. Ray Winstone. It needs Ray Winstone. Even though Ray, Ray Winstone's what? a national treasure. No. Sorry. Come now. What's up, gang? It's Clint. What's happening? Guys, you didn't know it, but it was me all along. How are you guys doing today? Dude, we have a crazy show to talk about. James is going to hold my hand through it, and Scarlett Johansson is suing Disney Plus, or Disney in general, for uh, for lost revenues, and this is going to be a crazy show. Um, how are you? First, let's talk to the guys in the chat. How are you guys doing over there? Everyone in the chat? Oh, let's see here. Happy birthday to the governor. I'll watch Total Recall this weekend to honor the occasion or maybe Red Heat. Cocaine. Come on. Yeah. Don't bullshit me. <laughs> I don't do requests. Cocaine. Oh, yeah. Cocaine. LOLOL. Man, what a crazy, crazy day. I don't know if you guys have been watching. You have to be living under a rock to not have uh, seen the stuff. Every every channel's talking about it, and it would be uh, it would be silly for us not to do the same. So um, I'll jump into it here. Let's uh, let's do a couple more uh, hellos to people here in the chat, though. Hi, everyone. Uh, Roberta Bobby Anderson, what's happening? Uh, Jedi Master EJ says, what's up, everyone? Who's there? Kaz. What's up, Kaz? <laughs> Get off you two. This is a live stream. That's right. This is a Clint Jedi Master EJ. What's up? What's up with Edward's lips? Seriously, what is up with his lips? Sean Harrington. Oh, Harrigan, my bad. Hi, everyone. Jonathan Barr. Yeah. Well, thank There he is. <laughs> Thank you guys for not piecing out once you saw it was me. It's like, huh? And what the hell is Clint doing at Edward's house? That's the weird thing. I I uh I flew to Paris just to do the show today. So this is gonna be a fun one. Um, yeah. And uh, J James will be popping in uh to uh, to talk to me about stuff. But uh... <laughs> pretty much. It's just funny you think that. You're all on your own, brother. Oh, you, yeah, I'm going to be just hanging out to dry. Oh, I took a couple of notes uh, here uh, that I'll be. If you see me looking down, I'm looking down at my notes. So I'm I'm driving the car today. Woohoo! 
I got my big boy pants on. You so, lie. Yeah. So, um, so basically, Scarlett Johansson is suing Disney for releasing the movie, and people, uh, and it's gotten really ugly because they they responded. And pretty much, I feel like the way they responded, they're trying to make her look like a like an entitled uh, rich girl who, ooh, because they named the the specific amount she was paid, which they don't do that, which is crazy. Because now they're probably going to have all these other actors like, hey, what you paid her? How much? You know. Um, but uh, it's it's pr- that's pretty nuts. It's also super rude. They, they just don't do that. You don't you don't give that information. But the motivation behind that, I feel like, is to make her make the you know how the public is. The general public is like, she got 20 million for that. What the hell is she complaining about? Like, you know, spoiled brat. Uh, But they really uh, they did a lot of things in a manner that would pad their pockets. These are the the people, the decision makers over at Disney. Um, So and I'm going to be going through these notes. Let's see here. Uh. So first off, let's let me jump in this real fast. Uh, when the spokesperson at Disney uh, described the lawsuit as having no merit uh, and blasting it as especially sad and depressing in its callous disregard for the hor- horrific, prolonged global effects of the COVID nineteen uh, pandemic, they're they're trying to make and they uh, ousted her salary to the public. Yeah, that's the yeah. twenty mil. You know, and that's they're trying to make her look insensitive and that's it's really crazy for somebody to for a big company like that the big companies like that they usually play it classy and and don't get but this seems really petty do you think uh they would do that to any male actor like tom cruise or denzel washington or anything like that i don't know i think it was a desperate move uh to try and shame her uh and maybe maybe turn the public against her so that yeah. maybe maybe she would back down a little bit is it's all is, bob chapek man it's all- yeah <laughs> um and uh her her uh agency uh it, which is caa um brian lord co-chairman of caa uh and joe hansen's agent fired back at disney friday saying uh, shamelessly and falsely accused uh, Johansson of being insensitive to global pandemic in an attempt to make her appear uh, to be someone they know and we all know she isn't. Uh, Disney's direct attack on her character and all else they implied is beneath the company that many of us in the creative community have worked with successfully for decades. So like I said, it's it's not a, it wasn't a very classy move, you know, Um but uh, so, dickwad. yeah, dickwad. Uh, she claims she claims they knew the theaters weren't recovered uh, from the apocalypse, as I like to call it, uh, and, and that they released it anyway. Um, and then uh, let's see, I had a lawyer quote over here. I got all kinds of stuff. But, uh, uh, Rajni says, uh, as much as acting and filmmaking is fun and art. At the highest level, it's still business. Scarlett is just sticking up for her rights. Studios are too comfortable screwing over actors and filmmakers. Yeah. 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 Well, well, way back, what's interesting is way back in 2019, uh, and I found this this in an article earlier today, but uh, before before COVID-19 and all this st- stuff, uh, they had Disney Plus. They were looking to the future at Disney Plus. They were planning all this, and uh, Johansson's team actually contacted Marvel for confirmation, uh, make sure that they weren't going to change anything, and was like, "Hey, 
okay, you're getting this Disney Plus thing is is happening. Are you are you gonna are you gonna is anything gonna change with the release of my movie? And according to an email in March of 2019, so this is way before before the pandemic, uh, but it was looking at Disney Plus, uh, it's the future. Um, and they asked basically, is anything gonna change with with our deal? And Marvel's chief counsel, Dave Galuzzi, confirmed that we understand that should the plan change, we would need to discuss this with you and come to an understanding as the deal is based on a series of bonuses in the box office. Yeah. And they said that in 2019. Okay. What? Which meaning, meaning if you guys don't know how, how the contract works, um, the more they do in the box office, the more she bonuses. So she gets some money up front, but then, but there's a, every, there's like benchmarks. And every time you pass a certain number in, in box office tickets, she makes more money. And so her, and uh, they say that she may have lost up to $50 million that it might, may have cost her that much um, releasing it during a pandemic. Now, some of us are like, we're so tired of waiting for that movie. It's like, Oh, whatever, dude, it wasn't going to do that. Um, who knows what the real number is going to be, but there's no way to do it. The point is that they should have renegotiated before they released it or just not done it without her permission. You can't, you can't just go back on a contract. And the other thing that's funny is, is that, okay, they're doing that. Uh, uh, yeah. The, by releasing it that way, they caused piracy, you know, the, like people got a clean copy of this movie and then next, you know, it's on the, the torrent sites. So there's, there's a lot, there's people that say that they, lost a lot of money due to piracy and if that it makes sense you know so you're gonna have you got people less people paying for it at all and then you have less people going to the box office because they can watch it at home and we're living in a time where people are scared to get out uh, the best thing they could have done is not released it yet you know just just sit on it longer it would it sucks but but uh and it's it's weird though like uh like how long are you gonna sit on this movie? You know what I mean? You gotta you gotta release it. Um yeah. so well, Kevin Feige was reportedly against releasing it streaming too. And he was uh he's pretty he's been pretty pissed like uh Edward had written before about him versus mm -hmm. Bob Chapek. Yeah. So and he's look, everyone's gonna be like, look, oh she got twenty million dollars. Well, it's twenty million dollars more than I have, blah blah all that stuff. But when it comes down to it. Um, all the other actors get the top salaries, right? Then why, why should she have to settle and be bullied to not get the money that she was supposed to get through her contract? And she waited for years to get this feature film, right? Yeah, and and like you told me earlier, you know, other uh, uh, D D Warner Brothers, they they paid out with like two hundred two hundred million. And I saw another number that said it could be up to close to a billion in losses yeah. of, of different payouts that they did. Uh, but that's crazy, but they, I don't know, they did it quietly. Yeah. Right? Like, I just found that out the other day, but I also read that uh, Bob Chapek, uh, the, you cited one of the emails, there's a bunch of emails that uh, that is, have leaked and that are out there, but he'd want, he doesn't want this to go to trial, I bet, because he doesn't want all this evidence to be shown in Discovery, right? Because once it gets to the Discovery stage, and he's screwed, and he just started taking over this, but Bob Iger... When he renewed his contract and it was uh, what stocks, he got paid in like sixteen billion in stocks yes. or something. So boom, stocks go up in Disney Plus. He gets more of a bonus, and same with Bob Chapek too. 
That's exactly right. That's it. That's that. And that's where it, written down in my notes was like, what, what's the motivation to do this? They didn't care how, how the, uh, like, they're not worried about her. They need the subs subscriptions to go up so that their stock prices go up and yeah. then they bonus. And that's, and that's how they're making, they're making money. So that is like a corrupt motive. And there's also the, the idea too, is if you sabotage, if you lure people to watch it at home, instead of watching it in the theater, you don't hit those benchmarks and that's less bonuses you have to pay uh scarlett johansson so that you got a double double whammy you don't have to pay scarlett johansson um you also cut out the theaters the theaters like they get 30 oh. percent uh, uh, you know and so so and they're all pissed right now because of this this thing they're like they like they're pissed so you, you cut out the theaters and then like the the money they made 60 million on disney plus that's all profit that they don't have to share you know i think i think uh I think I looked it up. I was looking different sources and I heard one source said that she did get a, a cut of that. I don't know if that's right. true, true or not, but if they're Again, this will come out more, but yeah, the fact that they slapped back with her on the, that press statement, yeah. ousting her salary about it, like trying to make her sound greedy. That's just yeah. not good. That's, that's not like good. a pu public smear, man. Like, yeah. 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 There's reports that um, Emma Watson Emma Stone. About, Emma Stone. Emma Stone and um, Emily Blunt are thinking yeah. about doing the same thing. All the good-looking M's are are, are are getting in on it, man. Yeah, and it's it's crazy because yeah, that's the thing. If they would have just done it ahead of time before they released it, said, "Okay, look, hey, quietly, we realize that the that the movie theaters aren't quite uh, up to up to snuff yet." Things are going on, especially with the Delta variant kicking in and all Man. these things. There's certain areas are good. Certain areas aren't. But it's like, uh, I mean, how could they have released that and not not uh, not said anything? You know what I mean? There yeah. was a I had a, a blind side. Right. So what, what yeah. needs to happen is JPEG needs to get gunned. Uh, yeah, I even had a quote. Uh, it was like, yeah, it blows my mind that Disney didn't have conversations of how streaming revenue would be uh, allocated versus box office revenue uh, long before today. Uh, it's it's crazy. Rushney uh, 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 says the well, WWB paid a bunch of money uh, to pull that shit with the talent still lost Nolan. Yep. WB lost lost a lot of stuff this this year. It seems like uh, the unions and agents in Hollywood need to do a better job of protecting their actors and filmmakers at the indie level. Uh, you're 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 on whoa, you're on your own. Uh, there's no excuse. the the high The higher the ladder you climb. There we go. Sorry, I'm having uh, vision issues. All right, yeah, uh, it's true, man. Uh, and they do. What's weird is this situation is a is a never before seen thing so it's like uh, they had no way of knowing and and like co going forward they could make special uh consolations and stuff but but in the past they had no idea how, uh, this was going to happen and then you got this movie that's made they were ready to put it out oh we gotta wait who would have thought that we we're going to be sitting here in this situation a year later? Uh, the deal is if you're going to just release those movies, you need to take care of your people. And that's what Warner brothers did. And Disney didn't do. And then, yeah. Um,
Let's see here. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. yeah. Also, hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. The other thing she's she's arguing too is that like is what the other thing she's arguing too is that she's been out promoting this movie and people that are scared to go to movie theaters but want to see her movie that she's promoting are subscribing to Disney Plus and that she's basically bringing in subscribers. So she's like, cool, you guys want to short me on my bonuses and you guys want to do this so that you get more subscribers. And so you get more money and you get bonuses, but you're going to cut me out. And I'm the one out there doing all the promoting and work and uh, luring in people. Well, then I want to cut of the, of your money that you're making. Like, and so she's suing for that. Um, and it sounds excessive, but when you think about it, on one hand, she is pulling in subscribers. But on the other hand, it sounds a little crazy to say because it's never been done before to say, hey, but and uh, and I saw somebody else talking today, too. It's like, hey, if they give her some of that, then then what's to prevent, uh, you know, the, the Mandalorian people to be like, hey, man, we bring subscribers. Where's our cut? You know, and then you got you got Loki is like, hey, what the hell? Where's my cut? Uh, you know, and how would they do that? Uh, then all of a sudden there's less profits and it's it's crazy. Obi-Wan is coming out soon. Hallelujah. I cannot wait to see Obi-Wan. I'm so stoked for Obi-Wan. Uh, what do you guys think? You think she's being she's uh, do you think uh, Scarlet's being a, a, a overdoing it or do you think she's entitled? She should just take her to her 20 mil and go go. She's already worth over 100 million dollars. Like she, just go hang out in your giant house and, and don't worry about it. Or do you think she's like, F these billionaires? Like, who knows how, how much those execs are worth? But it, everybody knows execs are worth a lot. Uh, should you think she's right for saying, screw you guys? You guys are trying to F me over. I want uh, like, nope, not today. Uh, what do you guys think? Let's look at the chat here. Marvel Studios is starting to make Keylar and the WB clown table sound sound competent. I know it's like going full circle. We're like, dude, why don't you get your crap together? Like, like, uh, like Disney. And now we're like, oh man, what the hell are y'all doing over there? Um, the other thing too, is if they start, if they start paying out a whole bunch of money, um, they, they might not have as much money to make new stuff you know like which is a crazy thought like oh no if they if they change the format uh what they got what they should be doing is giving everybody a buttload of money at the beginning the way that uh the way that netflix does uh you know like uh, knives out you know they get what they give them like 482 million bill or million not billion million dollars to make three knives out movies like okay cool that's done you're paid end of story there's no there's no back end yeah. like a theatrical it release seems like disney plus is trying to milk the margins um as as much as it can before they have to start paying for the big talent you know? totally yeah. totally and uh and, and like they just figured out okay if we if we put some good shows up here and we make it a household name and everyone everybody wants to you you don't have disney plus at your house oh we're going to joe's not steve's uh man those are some random uh boring names let's see no nah, it's it's the principle she's going for what she's worth she absolutely is and then they argue too they're like there's an argument that uh that she's only that big because of uh of uh the marvel movies you know what i mean like like and when she does solo stuff it doesn't always it doesn't always uh you know it's you lie. <laughs> yeah i'm like whatever dude i love Scar scarlett johansson 
let's see. Good. What other comments we got? Good morning, Multiverse Productions. Yeah, anybody else? Who's on a... Good morning from where I am, James. Um, anybody on Disney's side out there? Anybody think that Disney is like they they're doing they're doing the best they can in this pandemic? It's a hard time. Uh, you think that anybody? I was thinking about. I was trying to find. No, I don't no. think so. I don't think. No. I think everybody knows that the bit it's Mr. Burns sitting up in the office, uh, trying to maneuver ways of of making Bob, more profit. Bob Chapek and Bob Iger they tried to pull a fast one, and then they tried to shut her up about it, and and now it's just going to backlash on them. Nothing yeah. can be simple anymore. And no. does this mean we're not going to get any more any more? Uh, you think this means we're not going to get any more Scarlett Johansson Disney appearances? No, they'll pay her. Yeah, pay her. Uh, you think you think they'll pay her? Oh, for sure. Yeah, they yeah. probably probably to shut her up. The but thing if, is, if they don't pay her. Like her character's already killed off. But that's that's gonna look really bad on on Marvel. And I don't think Kevin Feige would would allow that because he's pretty livid about this. I imagine. So yeah. Yeah. And, well, what about what about Emma Stone? You think she's gonna? Get, you think they're all gonna get paid? They're just gonna have to cough up their money to to because uh, this is only this isn't a forever thing. This is a time period that we're talking about. It's I it's think only the it, agents are talking to the executives at Disney right now, and they're <clears> hatching <throat> stuff out between Emma Stone and uh, Emily Blunt, and and I bet you The Rock will probably step up too, and some other uh, like how come we haven't heard from any of the actors in the Marvel universe? I bet they will, you know, because Robert Downey Jr. like. But didn't he like after the first Avengers or something? He, I remember that he, um, he got together with all the the cast and the agents and demanded more money for all the cast. No, oh, yeah, wasn't just him. Yeah, like he was a big proponent about getting them paid higher too. So there's there's also talk about him. Uh, like he hasn't been uh, doing much social media stuff to do with Marvel at all. And and yeah, like, like and followed everyone on IG and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and then also, and, and then also, like he he wasn't voicing the uh, Iron Man and and uh, in what the if? What If show. Yeah. So it's like it, people are wondering, hey, I wonder what's going on if there's if there's anything to that. If it has to do with weird drama, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Clint seriously has the voice of a radio personality. Good job, Clint. Hey, thanks, Multiverse Productions. Today's today's small screen is brought to you by Multiverse Productions. Disney is backing the the money trucks. Yeah, they got to back those money trucks up. They're gonna need a lot of trucks, man. Um, and I heard earlier today too that like like Denzel got settled with a, a twenty million settlement for a movie he did. You know what I mean? And like, it, I think what they film should. Was that? I don't even remember the name. It was a it was a girl's name. Uh, I can't I can't remember it. But uh, it was a movie that came out, and uh, I'm trying to even remember where I heard that. I've li- I've been reading and listening and listening to podcasts all day. But uh, but yeah, so it's it's crazy. It's crazy what'll happen. Like and what what's uh, I think they're gonna settle quietly. I think you're I think you're right. They will settle. And I think it'll it'll be under the table. It'll probably be a non-disclosure agreement, and they're going to hear we're going to give you a big chunk of money. We don't even want anybody to know how much because we don't want other people to get greedy and come and try and uh, and get more money out of us. So it's just yeah, which is what I would handle. It. Probably like shaking at the boots too. If anything goes to discovery, then 
Like it's his, he, he rose to the ranks to get there and then he's already screwing it up. So he's, he's probably on thin ice already at the studio. Yeah. And, and, uh, and also this Disney stock is down a couple of points too. The Disney stock yeah. went down. So now they're like, now it's, it's like just trouble all around. You know what I mean? Like, uh Oh, trouble in paradise. Uh, I think even Marlon Wayans get gets paid for Batman Returns. Yeah, you know, I think he he does. I think I did read that because he was supposed to be Robin, right? And then then they went and uh, completely rewrote that and didn't cast him. So. Dude, a, a contract's a contract, and if yeah. it, if the, if you switch it up without any renegotiating, you're you're screwing up, and you and she's got a leg to stand on, and and it's a. Uh, and I'm sure she's got a really good lawyer, you know, and it and it's it's uh it's easy to twist things around. It's like uh, you want to fight this fight? Well, or do you just want to shut up and pay me? It could be yeah. more expensive. It, it's cheaper to pay her off. Just get here, give her the money and let we don't want to we want stock prices up. We don't want any any drama whatsoever. And I hope and, that you know her agent is the co-founder of CAA. Like they represent a lot of people in Hollywood. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of people. Um, the CAA is huge. I almost went with the CAA uh, booking side for uh, for music at one point. But oh yeah, yeah. I William Morris Agency was very big back in the nineties yeah. too when Terrence mm-hmm. Joe and Rodriguez came out. I have some friends that uh, um, I have a friend who's an agent at CAA and. Uh, a friend who was a casting director back in the back in the day and and stuff. Uh, it's funny too. Like back at back when I was still touring and doing my thing and and a lot younger, I went to uh, I went to L.A. and had meetings with all these different people and like uh, it went it went into CAA and sat down had a meeting with an agent and I was like yeah you know I'm a sing-. I didn't know what the hell I was doing I'm like I'm a singer for you know columbia records recording artists riddling kids you know and uh, um and i want to be in some tv shows or movies and and they're like okay cool and i had a friend that got me that because because of my look in the uh, music video she was she's she was a casting director and uh, they got me on an episode of house which is uh, the doctor show which is cool <laughs> but uh, um but it, it was really cool to go in there. And I, I mean, I went into Brookstone Entertainment, Will Smith's production company, sat down. I went and sat down with some script writers and I was like, yeah, I could write scripts. Let's do this. And just these weird opportunities that I had like nine meetings all over L.A. in one day. And these we- yeah, it was crazy opportunities that that a lot of people that are like film in film school and stuff would have would have killed me to 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 take that spot and i was just a bumbling uh lead singer of a band i didn't know what the hell i was doing pretty funny it's like when rodriguez went to la to um shop el mariachi to the uh, mexican video distributors and then uh someone got a hold of it in one of the studios and then they kept flying him back to have dinner at disney and touchstone and sony and all that stuff for like a whole week and the next thing you know, next thing you know, he's Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah, and he doesn't play well with studios anymore. Yeah, Rebel Without a Crew. I'm sure you've read that book, haven't you? About a billion times. You know, I learned more <laughs> from that book than I did uh, from going to film school. From that book and, and volunteering <laughs> on film sets, no joke. I learned more from those two things than I did actually uh, going to film school, man. Like that book is just, it's like almost a Bible to me. It's it's a fantastic book. And it just it's 
it, a lot of people. I like how we jumped from from uh, Scarlett Johansson to talking about, but this, but this is Hollywood. a good. This is a fun. Yeah, yeah this, is a, this is Hollywood. But it's you can you can accomplish more just by jumping in the water than than making sure you have the right the right trunks on. You know what I mean? Like just yeah. jump in and and get it done. You need Knock a light. Doors. Yeah, you don't you don't and and you don't have a the right equipment. Uh, fake it till you make it you know what mm -hmm. i mean like oh cool i got these floodlights do these work like oh, i thought that was super cool and Even when you're you're working for like marvel or warner brothers or whatever you're still faking it till you make it you mm -hmm. know you're always faking it but i fresh out of film school is like after i did the arnold schwarzenegger thing uh in columbus yeah i i got back i'm like okay what am i gonna do now that contract's up so i i called k and b effects in austin hey I hey i don't I, I don't mean to interrupt you, yeah. but uh, what did you do with Arnold? Because uh, I don't know, and maybe some of the listeners don't know either. So oh. this would be a, this would be an interesting huh. story because I I've never heard this. I um oh I just finished uh, a a documentary uh, editing a documentary and TV spots for this film called Drop Dead Roses. This Toronto film uh, Dante from Clerks was in it, and um, and. Uh, I got to play a pool with him at the rap party. It was pretty cool. But cool. Um, yeah, so I'm like, okay, that contract's done. I'll, I'll go draw some comic books or whatever. And then I was at uh, I was at a surprise birthday party uh, for a friend of the family, and her husband runs runs uh, a Taekwondo studio in the in the city in Ontario. And he's like, oh, you, I heard you work in film. I was like, I was like, yeah. He goes, okay. Well, I have this. We should talk because I have this thing I'm doing with Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's under the World United Martial Arts Association in Columbus, Ohio, because his kids love martial arts now. So he, his old Power Man competition, they combined it to the Battle World, uh, the Columbus World Games. And uh, so, yeah, so I was 21 years old. I was head of media for the Arnold World Games. I got paid seven bucks an hour, had to use my own equipment, had to pay for my own plane fare from Columbus, Ohio to Florida. But uh, I got to meet Master Che, who was like a, this 70-year-old uh, martial artist. And he was maybe with four feet and I was in my prime. I was boxing, but he could kick my ass. You know, I get like five hours yeah. a night. And if you ever want to have a crazy time, you maybe you've done this because you, with your, uh, your band scene and all that stuff, but uh, partying with martial artists in a hotel bar is absolutely nuts. Like one of the craziest <laughs> nights I've ever had. Um, but yeah, so after that, now I don't even know where I was. Oh yeah. I called can effects and, um, I talked to B in the can B. I said, Hey, uh, uh, this is James. My assistant in Toronto lost uh, Robert Rodriguez's contact information to Troublemaker Studios. Can you give me the phone number and then the address? He's like, Yeah, okay, no problem. So he gave it to me. So I, I would call Troublemaker Studios about once a month. And if you're listening out there, Chris, get in contact with me. And I got, I just talked to the CG guy that was working on Sin City and, and all those films. Cool. But once a month, you know, just, and I just <clears throat> BS my way into it just to make that connection, right? You have to do that. Yeah, absolutely. You gotta like, uh, and my dad always said too, if you can't dazzle them with brilliance, baffle them with bullshit. But yeah, that's uh, <laughs> like sometimes, sometimes you gotta, you gotta just finesse the situations. I, I did the, I, I did a very similar thing too, and I just kept calling the radio stations and stuff, and right. and 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 kind of weaseled my way to getting played on the radio. And it was, it was, uh, man, e even. Even uh, my first gig 
in playing in bands in Austin, I showed up, I, I showed up to the venue and gave them pizza. I worked at a pizza place. I, I, I brought them pizzas and wings and, and then we got a show. Okay, cool. Uh, first time to get played on the radio. I showed up to the radio station with pizzas and, 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 and bribed them. And they were like, yeah, I'll, I'll play you. And they, play. yeah, <laughs> it's hilarious. So that's like, but, that's what, um, Brendan Fraser should have done in airheads. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but you have to be tenacious, right? You have to be tenacious um, to make any kind of impression you get in there. So, yeah, and that's that's a uh, that's what a lot of people just think it's it's magic or or uh, like oh you can't get in the movies that's like only a, it's like winning the lottery it's not you just gotta you just have to sacrifice everything and yeah. put yourself in the position and only a few people have the have the. Uh, fortitude to actually follow the through gumption. with what yeah to, to to do what you need to do um and those people make it and there's a few people that suck that don't you know but but it's like uh but that's a big part of it it's like that's probably 90 percent of it uh, and this much talent you know um yeah well i'd lock yourself in the garage and practice for ten thousand hours and uh, keep knocking on doors so yeah look uh let's see we got some comments let's look at the look at the comments yeah. Oh my God, cousin! I've been watching last week's stream the whole time. <laughs> well, glad you're back. Glad you're yeah. on the right one. Yeah, good to have you. Have you, Curtis? We're talking about uh, we're talking about Scarlett Johansson suing Disney, and does she have a leg to stand on? Uh, I think she does because you don't you don't change the terms of a contract. Sounds about right. LOL. MMA guys are insane. Yeah, and this was before UFC. I remember I uh, I went to the store or something. We were in Florida at this hotel, and it was raining. So I was, like, all drenched. And I go up to the hotel room, and boss has uh, the, the, uh, the MMA champion of the world. He's, like, 25, 26 in there. And I walk in, and I'm all drenched and stuff. And, and he looks. He's, like, how old are you? I'm, like, oh, it's 21. He's, like, oh, you look like you're 17. I'm, like, oh, nice to meet you. You know what I mean? He was a bit of a jerk. Yeah. But I got to meet the guy that um, actually, cool side story. Wuma, Master J had the rights to the Bruce Lee Museum, right? So they put me in charge of curating it when we went over to Florida. So we had the jumpsuit from Game of Death, the gloves that he fought Bolo in and Enter the Dragon. I got to wear those. Uh, cool. I got to meet the guy that trained him on nun Nunchaku, uh, a bunch of stuff. It was, man, for. I didn't get paid a lot, but it looks great on a resume. Is like you can't buy that experience when you're just like second job out of film school, man. Oh no, and you're supposed to pay your dues for a long time anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's you just working your way up. That's awesome. Well, I had to. Well, I volunteered at the Toronto Film School for like five months before I actually got hired. You know, I was living on Mister Noodles and craft dinner. <laughs> Mister Noodles is that a is that a Canadian ramen? Yeah, it's Canadian ramen. Yeah, nice. Just, just curious. Ours, I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm trying to remember what our our noodles are called. Uh, dude, I, I one time hung out, partied with a gymnast girl, in a bar, and that was this crazy. This is a PG thirteen stream, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. No, but I was gonna say that's it's crazy because she just grabbed the top of this bar and then like. It, she, and was able to hold on to it and just lifted her whole body up and then was like like doing the 
crazy everybody in the bar stops uh and of course everybody bought bought like the shots from everywhere came in (laughs) crazy i was like do you always do that she's like absolutely it's the cheapest way to go to a bar like oh (laughs) it's like damn i need i should have gotten the gymnastics yeah um are you uh are you related to this curtis baker curtis baker not not really howdy folks uh, not, I'm not really related, but I've known the man for many years. He used to uh, live in Austin, and we always uh, joke that we are that we are cousins. And uh, he's a he's a good dude. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I only meet athletes here in Charlotte and a few times at Disney World. Never met anyone that's been in a movie. Only thing close was Vanna White. Well, if you're gonna meet somebody that's not in a movie vanna white's who you want to meet that's like that's a good one yep i met uh i was doing security outside of john cusack's trailer during um when he was filming serendipity uh-huh and i was like i was told not to let anyone in the parking lot without a pass this guy pulls up in a car and uh he doesn't have a pass i'm like sorry i can't let you in he rolls down and he goes uh i'm the director i'm like oh crap okay go ahead right <laughs> I should have been like, oh, man, take me under your wing and let me shadow you for everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then uh, so I'm looking at John Cusack's trailer and I'm like, uh, who was that? Peter Chelsome. I don't even. Anyways, I was outside this trailer. I see someone walking uh, through the windows. Like I can just see the shadow of someone walking through the windows. And uh, so I'm like, oh, is he in there? Is he in there? If you see him play it cool, don't blow it, whatever. So he comes. He bikes past me on this yellow mountain bike and and stops, puts it next to the trailer, looks at me, goes, hey, man. I go, hey. It's like, you were awesome in high fidelity, man. Ah, like, <laughs> oh, fuck. I screwed up. And then he went in and he came out. He's like, hey, where's the nearest Starbucks? I'm like, okay, well, over that 10-foot wall, you just got to go around the block. He's like, all right, thanks. He ran at the wall, scaled it, and then just... Really? Yeah, like 10 feet. I was so impressed with John Cusack. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I've, met, I've met quite a few, like probably like you have, Clint. I've met quite a few uh, actors and actresses and, and people working in film and, and even musicians too. Like, um, I've got a whole Tom Green story I could tell you. I used to go and uh, I used to be head of the chat room on his website and I used to go oh, wow. hang out with Tom Green and Glenn Hump, Humplick and uh, all those guys uh, before they got picked up to MTV and moved to the States. Yeah. Just go spend oh, wow. the weekends there. Was he as crazy before he was on MTV? Oh, uh, he was better before he got on MTV. Oh, yeah. yeah. But he was think... crazy. But when, uh, whenever he would come back to Toronto and host an open mic at like the Rivoli or whatever, um, yeah, he and or when he was touring with uh, one of the guys from BC Boys, I, I can't remember uh, who it was, but they did like uh, he did a rap tour. Yeah, we, he'd always like call it, message us or call us, be like, "Hey guys, I'm coming into town or whatever," and then we go for drinks with him. And he's completely the most chill, calm, uh, down to earth guy when he's not performing. You know, like he's yeah. just crazy as a performer. So, and I see Jonathan Barr says he met Russell Crowe when he was shooting Beautiful Mind, a scene was shot in my school. Oh, that's really cool. I was yeah. um, in Cinderella Man. I played a newsboy um, in the stadium and like one of the extras. So. And I would have loved to. I would love to meet Danny Trejo. Yeah, I've heard uh, he. I've I've a lot of friends who have seen him in Austin, uh, and and all said he's just awesome, like super cool to meet and talk That's to. Why he's I want to go to Austin, Clint, because I want to meet Tarantino and man. When yeah. I was like 25 and I had a contract up before I started my studio. 
was uh-huh. like, should I go to Austin, Texas and Fight Club Styles with a duffel bag and just sit outside Troublemaker Studios? Be like, just mold me. Just take me in and mold me. <laughs> I'll clean your toilets. Just yeah. take me in. I uh, seriously thought about doing that, man. Grabbing a bus ticket and doing that. Uh, and Yeah, just tell him. I just jumped on a bus. Everything I own is in this bag. Take me in. Um, dude, I have a, I have a, a friend that was, uh, that was, uh, there's a club in Austin called the Continental Club. It's pretty pretty well known. It's kind of like the Viper Room of of LA. You know what I mean? I thought it's it was a, gonna be like John Wick. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. It's it's a it's a little club that and and you have high profile people. Uh, you'll have Dennis Quaid will go in there and play, and you'll have Dennis Quaid, and then like uh, Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top will pop up and start playing, and then right. all of a sudden Johnny Depp will walk in and just jump on guitar, and they were like, "What the hell is happening?" And like, <laughs> and 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 you'll be like, "Dude, I was two blocks away from," it. and this is right across uh where that where the movie uh Russell Crowe uh not russell crow uh kurt russell oh when they're doing uh, death proof yeah it's like right across the street from there it's like it, like maybe oh, a half, half a block down the street across the street from there uh it probably drove by it and was in the shot if uh, i'll i'll watch it later and see, and see if i can find it i'll, I'll point it out to you but anyway yes. but yeah so my buddy's working the back door of this club my drummer actually and uh and this guy comes up and he's like hey and they told him nobody goes in he's like hey i need to get in here and and you reminded me of this when when you told me you were you were uh you were the door security guy and <laughs> guy walks up and is like hey i need to get in here and he's like sorry bud nobody gets in he's like i need to go in he's like nobody comes in the back door you got to go around to the front if you want to get into this place period and he's like mate i'm robert plant i don't go in through the front door and then he's like oh crap sorry sorry sir you know <laughs> let him in but like oh shit you got robert plant getting in, in here oh man i would have loved to meet robert plant yeah this is crazy um oh curtis i did too curtis says he met the undertaker i met the fucking undertaker uh there while uh, while i was wrestling um what's what's funny is uh i was pumping gas one time or i was getting gas and i came out to my to the pump and i saw the undertaker and and i'm i was and he saw my face i was like <gasps> and he and he looked away really fast he he didn't want to be seen he was like <laughs> he looked and uh and i could tell he was like ah oh, crap i'm gonna have to talk to this guy you know what i mean and he's probably having a you know having a normal day like like and didn't wanted to run his errands and uh yeah he looked away and uh and and i was like are you and he goes yeah and i go you're badass and i went and got in my car i didn't even do, go bother him i was like okay this guy this guy doesn't want to be talked to and i'm not gonna bother him but i, I just was like two thumbs up and i got my car left there you yeah. go yeah yeah um so being that you're a martial arts fan uh james what uh what do you think about uh recently quentin tarantino's been talking about like uh, uh bruce lee and and, uh, and how bruce lee mistreats uh stuntmen and stuff i can see it i can see it i mean even um i think even his daughter wrote something like akin to that in his in the book she wrote about him too you know it was mostly well known in hollywood that he kind of looked down on stunt stuntmen except the the stuntman that worked on him on green hornet Mm -hmm. he went through quite a few of them and then this last guy i can't remember uh I had a I had a long conversation with a good friend of mine, and he was. Um, oh yeah, I can't remember his name, but because uh, Bruce Lee would tag them, right? Like right. he he would actually connect with the stuntman, and then uh, so what happened was uh, this this one stuntman, 
Bruce actually respected him because he would never complain. He'd always get up, right? And then that that guy stuck with Bruce Lee for like years. And then that kind of relationship, uh, you know, is what that was one of the catalysts that Tarantino said got him interested in the whole stuntman um, thing, right? So yeah, uh, I think his portrayal of Bruce Lee um, was okay. So in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you you're setting up um, Brad Pitt's character. Uh, to be a complete badass, you know, uh, you have to make him because later on when he's in the ranch and he's surrounded by all these these uh, bad people in the Manson gang, he uh, you, that's a good justification. Like you need a justification, a pretext to show how much of a badass he is. You know, can't just say yeah. oh, wife had an accident on a boat or did he murder her, Right. Um, so the Bruce Lee sparring was great and it really uh, led a. Um, Really earned a lot of credence to his character for that scene at the ranch and the end scene when he's taking on the the home invaders. So like it makes perfect sense. And if you're gonna do it with anyone, do it with Bruce Lee for sure. And I like yeah. that it's a different take on Bruce Lee that we don't usually see. Where everyone's like glowing and gushing and all that stuff. It's more of a a unique take that we don't get to see all the time. And uh, as a huge Bruce Lee fan um, since I was like a little kid, I didn't see anything wrong with it. I thought it was funny. I thought it was good. Um, and unfortunately Shannon Lee didn't like it and there was a, a big kerfuffle about it, but yeah, yeah, they, oh, they kind of made him look a little bit like a, a kind of a, a cocky prick, you know what he I mean? Had an and, ego. And, he had an yeah. ego. I mean, when I met, I, I met the, uh, the guy who trained him in Nunchaku and then I met, um, it's funny cause he says that, that kickboxer asshole, Joe Lewis. Yeah. Right. And he goes, Joe Lewis, the boxer, not the kickboxer asshole. And th that's a line from, uh. Uh, once upon a time in Hollywood that Bruce Lee says and uh, I met Joe Lewis and I and I couldn't understand at the time why why he was kind of reprehensive to me like when I was talking about Bruce Lee but now I understand and it was funny when that line came up I laughed because you know that just confirms yeah. the canon that I, I grew up you know in my 20s so well my buddy was saying that that in the the Hong Kong uh movies like the, the that that's a thing like you you do tag the uh yeah. you do tag the stunt people and that's where where he came from uh and and so that's just how you do it and then he comes over and starts working with western uh western stuntmen and they don't like to be touched where it's like oh you're not doing it right if you're not tagging the guys like you're not knocking them out you just but you do hit them in hong kong movies and stuff we got the we got all this because i was talking to my friend about about snake eyes mm. which I don't, I don't know if you guys uh anybody saw snake eyes anybody out there see snake eyes if you did did you like it uh anyways but uh ej says he's bruce lee i bet he had a hell of an ego but yeah but you also have to look where he's he's coming from like he was yeah. coming from hong kong where um it the Asians weren't really portrayed in Hollywood cinema very well. Even shows that in the Dragon and Bruce Lee Museum um, movie. But um, he was a small guy, and you know he probably didn't get the respect he deserved. He got screwed out of uh, Kung Fu with they yeah. they cast David Carradine, the white actor, instead. So of course he's gonna have a bit of ego to protect himself, and you know to make sure he gets what he deserves. And this you know this goes back to Scarlett Johansson, where she doesn't really have an ego, but she's suing because she needs to get what she deserves you know all the other actors got so much money and and their their feature films and they got so much off the back end but now she gets screwed and the rug gets pulled out of, underneath her because she doesn't get that much back end right because they all switched to streaming yeah and then uh yeah 
Bruce Willis thinks he's a damn director. One of the funniest stories I've ever heard about Bruce Willis was Kevin Smith and, uh, and talking about working with Bruce Willis. That was great. And that boy, Steve, we're talking about um, me sitting at my computer uh, late at night and my girlfriend is on the couch behind me and uh, my monitor's a, like a, a flat screen TV right now. And uh, I pull up Twitter and the first tweet I see is a retweet by that boy, Steve, with this anime cosplayer with big breasts like the size of basketballs. As I turn, I'm like, oh, honey, I'm like, holy shit. And she's like... Yeah, those are fake. I said, no, no, I didn't expect that boy Steve to keep that. <laughs> so, that boy Steve, what are you doing, man? <laughs> man, we've been talking about all kinds of crazy stuff. We were, first we were talking about Scarlett Johansson suing the pants off of uh, Disney. We'll see how that works out. Is she uh, entitled? Uh, does she have a leg to stand on? Uh, whose side are you on? Um, I think most of us are on Scarlett's side. Um, and uh, in case anybody else just got here, it's because the people in control of when and how the movie came out did it because they wanted to increase subs, subscriptions for the for the layperson uh, at uh, Disney Plus so that they would get higher stocks and the higher their, their stocks are, the more they bonus. So they are profiting by doing that. Also, by not uh, by 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 reducing the box office. Um, money they don't have to bonus Scarlett Johansson so it's like a double whammy so that's what we were talking about then we started talking and about she's an executive producer on the film too yeah yeah there's a yeah it's not like she's and she's been with the franchise for for a decade you know what I mean so it's it's crazy um, and when you have other major studios like Warner Brothers that is that are paying out their people, they're they're settling this thing. They're like, hey, we don't want any trouble. Well, We're just going to want any more bad press. <laughs> they couldn't afford any more. Yeah. Uh, but hey, it's, it's Arnold's birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday, Arnold Schwarzenegger. OK, uh, bear with me, everyone. It's Arnold's birthday. So we're doing this. Yeah. I don't do requests. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. And I want to have them answered immediately. You son of a bitch. It's showtime. <laughs> Funny guy, Sally. Come on, don't bullshit me. Enough talk. Dick what? Then the hell with you. The hell with you. The hell you will. Who the hell are you? Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Are we done? Um, anybody Watch your enemies. See them driven before you, and they hear the lamentation of the women. All right, Clint, go ahead. I'm like uh, getting the feeling of coming in the gym. I'm getting the lamentation of the women. Do you guys know what that means? Yes, we talked about this. Yeah, I thought it's it, it's the screams, laminating. It's the screams after you destroy your enemies, and yeah. their bodies are out in the battlefield. The, the the wives go to go claim their dead husband, and they're like, ah, they're lamenting. They're, it's their sad cry, the lamentation of the women. Um, Clint, you gotta smack your mic box. My mic box? Yeah, you're cutting out there. Yeah, do you got me now? That's better. All right. That was weird. Um, like that? 
Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if I was screaming too too loud. I was lamenting too way too loud. I'm a friend of Sarah Connor. Hi, Sarah Connor. Can you hear me now? Am I still oh, yeah, cutting? You're good. Okay, you're good. Put the cookie down now. Oh boy. So anybody see that error letter? Did you see that? Yeah. That's some craziness. What did but, you what did what did you make of that? Um and I'll tell you what I made of it. Or do you want me to tell you what I made no, of it? And, I got it. I got it. I think and then you tell me what you made of it. I think it's just him him I think that's been festering a long time and he had to say his piece. And at the same time, he just wanted to get the conversation over with. Mm -hmm. uh, and the timing is specifically, uh, the timing is really good because it's just before James Gunn's movie opens up, and he doesn't want to. He doesn't want this release air cut stuff to trample on any other artists' uh, uh, endeavors in the film industry or their success in the industry. No matter what, like it's the studio's fault, it's not the other director's fault. You know, so a lot of the the re release air cut stuff has probably been bothering him a lot. Um, the toxic stuff, anyways, or the negative stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think that's those are the motives, and then who gains? He obviously gains, and the fans gain because um, he admitted that the cut exists, which he did before. But um, uh, and I think we'll be getting it, and they'll announce it, but it'll be after James Gunn's The Suicide Squad comes out, you know, if the, if they do. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's what that's I. It. That's exactly what I said. Like, and and. Uh... I saw somebody on Twitter that was that was uh, talking about uh, before that letter came out was talking about the air cut and I go look dude if it if it is going to come out it's not going to be right now with the, with the the new Suicide Squad the confusion you think they're really going to release that uh, we have Suicide Squad and air cut and the Suicide Squad every search all the SEO alone it it makes that no way you know what I mean mm -hmm. so you're not going to have it anytime soon um, and I wonder. I wonder if if th there's some maybe he just wrote the letter and is like I got to get this out you know let let my fan base know hey I'm I'm a fighter and you know and uh, but hey don't uh, I think it's like basically don't review bomb these other guys uh, people that are that are uh, my fans don't hate on them that's not their deal just like you said you know so it's yeah. it's pretty crazy I think that's what it was basically okay I'm gonna do you guys a favor uh, and we're not gonna review bomb anything and I'm gonna try and get my people to be cool and maybe you guys will do me a favor we can release this thing on HBO Max or something which is which I would love to see so yeah. I just thought that was interesting. I, I saw that uh, last night and I was like, oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it was nice that uh, he, he wrote that letter. But I want to respond to Air was staying silent, but too many people were shitting on the Suicide Squad when reviewing TSS. They had to say something and didn't want to take the blame for a movie that wasn't really his. Yeah, see, that's I've had a whole problem with this release air cut movement where, like, um, it's not everyone, but there's been a pretty vocal uh, minority that's been shitting on James Gunn and and uh, it kind of goes to what um, EJ says here. WB gives the director complete control on the Suicide Squad. Okay, I know what you're getting at here, but what do you want, EJ? Like, they're learning from their mistakes, obviously. That's progress, right? So would you rather them screw James Gunn's Vision 2 and then it's a broken record? Or are you guys just upset because it, he chose the Suicide Squad because he's been a fan of that comic book since he was a kid? I don't know. I just don't. I just don't think that 
it's the the release. I mean, okay, so restore the Snyderverse moment movement. We we had a target, right? We it was Hamada and it was WB uh, executives and stuff. With this new the Suicide Squad, uh, people are. Can see it as a doing it a disservice to the air cut. So yeah, the air cut deserves to get released. Sure, but don't harp on James Gunn for that. You know. Yeah. I, I could be in the minority here, but and then uh, Kaz says just announced a cut of DC fandom to release mid 2020, 2022. I mean, and then uh, who said that? Yeah, Sean says, but they bet they announced a fandom. Well, don't get your hopes up, man, because. Look what they re- they announced last fandom. You know what I mean? It was just a bunch of like the Plastic Man stuff and all that. Uh, everyone's saying the DC fandom will be the the saving grace for Warner Brothers and the franchises and everything. I I I'm not gonna put my eggs in that basket. Tell you the truth, because last fandom we all got let down. You know, it was we all got let down. What we get? We got. Uh, it's just a bit frustrating for me, just because I. I just don't put all your eggs in that basket. I don't think. Yeah, we got this last time. And and I do think that moving forward, there's more opportunities for us to do things like this. And really, it, it at the end of the day, it's about the fans. And I think the fans want to see it. And it gives us a way to sort of explore maybe some different stories and different ideas and, and use the medium in a different way than it's been used thus far. Yeah. Well, you got to have faith, Alfred, faith. You know, the... I think I think yeah, there's but some go good... do something else instead of yelling yeah. at people on Twitter. Yeah, well, you which know? you should. Yeah, and also don't don't be shitty. I hate the review bombing that people do on, yeah. on mo- movies and stuff. I hate <laughs> that people do that because there's a lot of you know we're talking about lost revenues for Scarlett Johansson and, and things like, but there's there's a lot of people that work on these movies you know that that mm-hmm. aren't the face of these movies and and when people go in there and review bomb it's like man like that sucks you know what i mean like th- like dude you got to have some better things to do than than spend your time review bombing some something it's it, i don't know exactly. i i can't fathom that i'm i'm too damn busy to go be an asshole to somebody that i don't don't even know like what really <laughs> Right. Like, you know, I'm not even ass- an asshole to people that I do know, but like, but people I don't know, like, who cares what they're doing? If you don't like something, don't like it. Just, you don't have to go like, me. Uh, uh, do you want me to do that again? Me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like Yelp. I, uh, Yelp, mm. you know, for those, uh, you know, what Yelp is where they review restaurants. Like, really, dude, you got that much time. You're going to go sit, uh, sit in your car and talk talk smack about the waiter that that forgot your iced tea or something it's like <laughs> fucking what do you do with your life like you, you have that much time i'm gonna finish getting this person fired and then i'm gonna go home and i'm gonna make a bunch of fake reviews about this movie that i don't that i don't like the actor in and like dude you need to get some get your shit together like come on man like well oh. hey humanity created the the greatest tool for us to gain knowledge and expand expand our brains and expand uh, humanity as a whole for us all to come together and we use it to bitch online. It's true. It is really is true. It, it's a, uh, it's funny too, because back in the old days, back in the old days, um, you had movie critics and stuff, but now everybody thinks that they know things and they think that their voice matters. And who's to say that it doesn't matter, but who's to say that it does matter? Like who the fuck are you? You know what I mean? Like, like, to to go like I'm important. I feel important talking right now. And and like, dude, 
And and who am I to talk? I'm some some douchebag with a YouTube channel, like whatever. But still, it's like uh, it's it's I don't know. It's funny. It's weird. The just be the, aware of your your stature in society. Right? Yeah, and I I think a lot of it too is and like be respectful. Like, why can't we be respectful? Online. Exactly. Exactly. I I really feel like a lot of it is like, you know what, my, you know, uh, my boss chewed me out at work all day or my wife or, or girlfriend was mean to me and I'm going to get even by, by, you know, go doing some downvotes on this guy's uh, YouTube video or something. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, it's like people are just looking for an outlet and uh, I, I don't know. It's weird. It yeah, is I'm weird. Not, I'm not innocent. I mean, uh, I, but there's certain ways you can do it. Like, uh, <laughs> right like, yeah yeah totally you, you like, make it funny and you know but instead of like every time a director tweets something about his new movie and then in the comments is like well why don't you re why don't you have um tweet out release the air cut you know and show your support well how do you know he's not supporting behind the scenes you know how he's yeah. the executives and saying how can we make this happen or whatever or he hasn't talked to air and said hey man like you know, I'm going to do this and are you cool or, Hey, what is it good to work with the, but James Gunn was in a, it was after the Disney firing and then they came and, Hey, you want it? So he's, of course he's going to take it. And this yeah. is before the Snyder cut was released and before all the, the Ray Fisher stuff happened and, and uh, Hamada and Ann Sarnoff deadline article and THR and all that stuff. He had made the movie like it was done, you know? So I don't know. Just, don't be mean internet just don't be yeah mean. guys don't yeah and uh and it's the same thing too with with uh with youtube channels too and stuff it's like they'll they'll uh they'll serve up a certain uh certain f details of something and spin it one way and and maybe have their argument on something because or, or their perspective and that's like the that's the thing that that's that's my niche or that's my that's the way i'm approaching everything uh and they get people all fired up about stuff that are yeah. going to go argue on Twitter. And it's like, and, and a lot of the times they're just regurgitating stuff they heard from some guy on YouTube, you know what I mean? And, and uh, they're not even thinking for themselves half the time. And it's hard. 100%. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to, even the articles that we read, everything has got some kind of perspective or spin on it. So it just, it's a matter of what you, what your news outlet is, what you read, what you don't read, yeah. uh, what you assume. And it turns into a game of telephone. So we're, we're all so connected we have all have so much information. We don't know if it's real or not. And we're all just arguing about shit that we don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Cause That's how do it. we know, how do we know what's real? And what's, what isn't, you know what were I mean? You in the room. I wasn't in the room. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's so, it's so crazy. It, exactly. Sean Harrington says a drama equals money. Sadly. Um, yes. I said this, I commented something. Oh, you, I commented on a Robert Meyer Burnett, uh, live stream about that, about that. Uh, he was talking about he man. Um, have you seen he any He-Man yet, James? No, not yet. Okay. Do you, you do you want no spoilers? No spoil. Well, can we you, can we shelve that right now? Yeah, we don't have to talk about that. I'm okay. I've just uh, I just kind of got gotten through my uh, Black Widow uh, well, I wanted, thing. Like, but but what what else you got, man? What what do you want to talk well, about? you're talking about like the Kevin Smith thing and and that drama, right? That's can you keep it vague for me? I can keep it vague where I don't yeah. where sort of. Uh, yeah, I can do that. Ba basically, there's a lot of things that are uh, it, that are going on with He-Man, and if you if you've been watching, you'll know there's certain things that where people don't like the way it turned out in the show, and I think he's doing some of these things to troll 
uh, people a little bit, but, but also in a, in a way that they're not going to make a simple, he wanted to make this for everybody who was a kid who used to watch this, Mm -hmm. uh, now as an adult. So we, we are, we are more mature and storytelling just now naturally is a bit different. So you have things like, uh, like like game of thrones that's doing crazy stuff where all of a sudden your heroes are kind of are assholes at one point and then they're not later and then you like the end of uh, first season of uh of game of thrones ned stark my favorite character dies you know or or, or like there's just and i noticed it like in in snake eyes i see snake eyes and snake eyes is a total is a total asshole in in the movie you know what i mean I'm like what the hell's going on the heroes are the bad guys the good it's like and it's because i think they're trying to do new ways of storytelling to try to break new ground and and be different and complex and, and different and instead of just like i'm the good guy i'm gonna be the good guy i'm gonna have something that happens that makes it difficult and then i'm gonna resolve it at the end and the show's over like there's a lot of that for for the history of cinema and then and yeah. i think well, i think they're trying second character arcs right but yes i'm talking the way the way in even the way they present certain characters the way they behave uh, the way they kill yeah. off people, all of that, and well, and uh, like growing up, Marvel comics was really dark and gritty, and DC comics was very hopeful and light. And right. then when when the studios Warner Brothers started making the Batman movies, they were like Nolan was like pretty dark and gritty, you know. And then Marvel started making their movies, it switched, and they were like light and hopeful. Yeah, you know. And it's kind of like um, Batman. Uh, from like the 50s and 60s he was uh kind of campy and then neil adams came in and, and and upped it up a level to some realism and then frank miller came out the dark knight and then boom it was all grim and gritty and then that's when everyone and then watchmen by alan moore and then everyone's like oh it's the same kind of thing with the studios um so they want you're right they want that unique different taste but it- I, I do want to respond uh okay if guns didn't have guardian success wb would have butchered his movies like Ayers. kaz isn't that what success is and stature in hollywood i'm pretty sure that's how it works don't don't you agree clint say that again isn't that how success and stature works in hollywood or in any career you do really you have a huge success then you get more creative control yeah, totally. Like the, yeah. the and and yeah. he hit he hit home runs with Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy. So it's like this guy's a, com- a comedic genius. He's 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 d- like we don't want the dark thing that Zack Snyder does anymore. We need a fun Marvel, you know, aspect <laughs> to our thing. That's what those those guys think. And so then all of a sudden they're like, wait, what? The funniest, lighthearted, fun uh, director of the Marvel franchise, uh, like is is ready to come work for us let's go dude yeah whatever you can have whatever you want yeah. it's like it's perfect they offered it's, him superman yeah right? and he so. and he's and he's like i want this that is the he chose that uh out of all of the things that they could do that uh he he loves guardians of the galaxy i mean he loves uh the suicide squad suicide yeah. squad so he's like yeah i, I want that um Twitter, they probably the platform to being a dick without the consequence of being punched in the face agree 100 totally People make way too many assumptions. Well, this is read the headline only syndrome. You know, people see a tweet with the headline and then they're like, okay, I'm ready to comment and I'm ready to bash on it without actually reading the article or watching the video. Uh, the, the, now, sorry, I just want to catch up quick. 
Yeah. Sadly, asking humanity to be wholesome is like asking the sun not to rise as much as you want it. It's never going to happen. Well, that boy, Steve, with that kind of outlook, then that's what you're going to project in the universe. And that's what you're going to get back. Um, if you're just like, oh, I'm not even going to try, then the whole world's going to be shit anyways. So, I mean, that's what depression is for. You can just deal with it through depression. So, <laughs> uh, Now, Clint Smith's tried to be sub subversive and it backfired. Okay. Yeah, here's you, the deal. You, okay, what's the definition of backfired, Kaz? I want to hear your thoughts, and this is why you need to get a mic, Kaz. But he 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 means it blew up in his face as far as the it, everybody's fucking but deservedly, outraged. or was it just a mob Twitter mentality? That's it's my it's, question. It's both, but there's a lot of people that like the show. There's a lot of people that are fans. I've heard, seen, heard a lot of reviews. I liked I liked yeah. T Man. But if you um, like something, you're not going to be as vocal as someone who's of, got a heart on hate on it, right? Of of course. And then also, the way He Man ended, and and Kevin Smith's already said this publicly. So I'm trying to hold back to not ruin your experience, James. But the yeah. but but the way that everybody's butthurt about is that there's the next season, um, it, it's going to change. So so there's there's. It's gonna be different. So, and much yeah, like, much one like one little line I read is like it's gonna be more He-Man focused or something. I don't yes, know, but... and and uh, and and so you know what what that means, guys, if you've seen it. And so like, and it's like, oh, once I found that out, then I'm like, okay, so he he is he's he's doing a, a an arc. It's part of the arc. It's part of the roller coaster ride. It's not yeah. just like. Okay, first season's done, and this is the way it is. And you're like, "What the fuck?" It's the same feeling I got when, uh, uh, like I said, when, um, to, uh, Game of Thrones when the first season ended. I nearly threw my remote at the TV because I was <laughs> like, "What? Like what? Ned Stark died? Fucking bullshit!" Sorry, I didn't mean to curse this much, but I was like, uh, "Like I got pissed," you know. And and uh, and all these people that have uh, are firing up their audiences that oh. Kevin Smith, this and that. He's it's like, guys, he's just taking you on a ride. And he, uh, there was a really cool article. It, it was, is a variety or deadline? I, I can't remember. It was one of the major trades that, 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 uh, where he talks about getting approached by, by the, um, by the, but was it Mattel? Is that the, the, the toy maker? Mattel? Yeah. Yeah. About, about Hasbro doing, Mattel. it's Hasbro. That's who it, who it is. I was like Kenner Mattel Hasbro. He gets approached by the by the guy and and about making this movie and and he's like, no, oh, we want to do an adult thing and 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 make it cool and like, and so I was like, okay, this is cool. Kevin Smith is trying to make this interesting. Yeah. He's not it, it like the the job was not to recreate He Man the way it was back in the day. The job was to take these characters and and move on a little bit more and he tried to make it more interesting with yeah, today's crazy storytelling yeah if you read any of his comic book work like uh green arrow and stuff it's not surprising yeah um, kaz says air got stature already way before 2016 yeah but did he get billions of dollars from one movie in the box office did he play well with the studio and 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 create a movie that was entertaining to all the masses no he's he's the uh He's the anti-hero kind of character struggling with uh, their own inner demons, and he's got a like a dark uh, look on the world because he was raised in a dark environment, which is understandable. And I love his movies, but that's it's not the same kind of success where 
uh, Warner Brothers will be like, hey, here, you can have uh, carte blanche with any movie you want of our superior franchise because we know you play well at the studio. We know you get the characters and we know you're, you're going to bring in the money for us. And then that goes to what Rajnis says. To be fair, Gun got his creative control because it aligned with the lighthearted tone that WB wants. Okay. Now, Rajnis, I think you're assuming here. This is what we're all hearing from uh, internet gossip and stuff. But I think he got his creative control because it aligned with their box office money that they wanted to make. You know, I don't think it was the lighthearted tone. Yeah, maybe they do want lighthearted tone. Um, but I don't think the Batman is a lighthearted tone. You know, it doesn't look like there's going to be a bunch of jokes and it's going to be, you know, very light. So, but yeah, I'm that's interesting true. to hear the responses to that. That, uh, the uh, the Batman doesn't look lighthearted at all. It looks dark. It's dark as hell. It looks like it's going to be awesome. Um, and I, yeah, I think... Kaz says he's a quality storyteller. Let him be. Don't sabotage it. Yeah, and I agree with that too. But again, this is the aftermath of BVS. And then once that happened, Warner Brothers got reactionary and cold feet and did a 100 degree change. You know, that's the studio. And and Ayer, Ayer tried to... Um, make it his movie but the regime back then was really really crappy and then even the new regime after that was like even horrible so again like they're learning from their mistakes with gun but now gun is getting punished because he chose the suicide squad you know if, if he chose anything else i don't think it would be and it's the release air cut movement the bad ones in it that are you know kind of and review bombing like you were saying and also and, yeah i meant bag bagu also you know studios they, they hire uh trailer houses that make trailers and that's their specialty is to get all the footage given to them and and regardless of what the movie is really about they make it look as appealing as possible so they piece together the most appealing scenes that are going to and that's why sometimes you go into a movie and it's a little different than oh that oh this i thought this was going to happen but uh whatever brings people in the door. And, that, and so these guys put together the most fantastic trailer and everyone was freaking out about the, the movie. They're like, Oh, this is going to be badass." And uh, they just said, okay, let's just have this trailer house make like edit the movie. And they, they edited the movie and fucked it all up. Those who don't, uh, I'm only speaking the obvious. Most of y'all already know this shit, but, but yeah, uh, they gave it to trailer park and yeah. And, and they then, had never edited a feature film before in their life. And then, that's why I get like six different introductions to all the different characters. It's yeah, I would love, I want to see Ayer's cut. I've always wanted, we talked about this months ago. We've talked about it a bunch of times. Everyone knows I want to see the air cut and it's going to happen. You know, I mean, Edward reported it months and months ago when David Ayer responded to the tweet and said, not true. Right. And it, it's probably, you know, <sighs> it's the thing is they can't talk about it. As much as we like the Batfleck movie, you know, they're not going to yeah. be able to talk about it until after the flash, you know, you can campaign all you want, but if it's in the works, they can't say anything because then it'll spoil what happens in the flash, you know, really say or cut. They can't say anything because it's going to take the limelight off of the suicide squad. Right. So let's just like, all calm down here. Enjoy the content we're getting. Right. And then see if it works. Yeah. Okay, and even BVS Ultimate Edition is far superior. They need to learn to stop interfering. It's all a clusterfuck. Um, look, I don't know. 
Here. It, it, it is. You see, you see this? All those Batman, and I got more Batman figures downstairs, and and uh, Batman is like in my blood. I love Batman. But when I saw BVS, and I'm kind of on, on Team Edward here when it comes to this stuff, uh, Batman doesn't kill, and I understand why uh, Zack Snyder made him kill, because it's more the Dark Knight Batman, uh, and, and, he, and he doesn't specifically kill a guy, but if he shoots the car and the car blows up, that's okay. Like That's what Zack's quoting Zack Snyder. Uh, Batman v Superman could have been so much more. I enjoyed the film. I didn't watch it again after I saw it in the theater, you know? Like, I saw it in the theater, and I didn't watch it again for years. I watched the Ultimate Edition, and it's it's good. It's good. Uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League is absolutely fantastic. I loved it. But even when BVS came out, and if, if WB didn't meddle in it, and we got the Ultimate Edition, uh, the four-hour, the three-and-a-half-hour, whatever it was, three hours, 20 minutes or something, I don't think it would have done a billion dollars like WB was hoping for. You know? it's Zack Snyder was... You see his vision, especially with the leaked storyboards, Just League 1 and 2. Uh, uh, sorry, 2 and 3. But uh, he was taking too long to build up the characters where they needed to be for the mass, masses to understand. And I think that's where WB was getting frustrated. And besides the light tone and, and the reaction of, uh, of uh, Avengers Age of Ultron and, and Avengers um, whatever. But yeah, I think he was just taking too long in the cinematic universe to get to the characters where uh, we needed. We didn't get to see any uh, Detective Bruce Wayne, pretty much, or Detective Batman. Uh, we we start off with the dark, grizzled Batman. That's why I was interested to see Batman in the in uh, the Suicide Squad with Ayers cut. Uh, I hope I get to see that, and I hope I get to see more. Uh, I just think I just can't put the blame on WB, you know, like if, if they let him do whatever, it still wouldn't have grossed a billion dollars, you know, uh, even the ultimate edition or not ultimate edition. I think his justice league would have completely a hundred percent. Um, but that's, that's Zack Snyder's learning curve. And, and that's, he was taking his time setting up that universe and getting us the hopeful Superman and the, the beacon of hope Superman, maybe. And then wonder woman, but maybe we would have gone through all the nightmare and then, the heroes have been right, just go watch the history of the Snyderverse. I've it, said it, it all in there with Edward. Yeah, it really should have been two two movies. It should have been Justice League one and two. Like and they uh, wanted to, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what they should have done. And uh, because a four hour movie is 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 dumb. So why not just have two two hour movies and everybody's happy? Yeah. And then uh and then release it straight to HBO Max. <laughs> day day and date. Uh, one week after another, so we can all watch it the first week, and then it was out the second week. It'd be awesome. There you go. <clears throat> uh, what does that say here? There are some parts in BVS that are cringe. Unfortunately, should have went with Metallo first instead of Doomsday and the Soul of Batman first. Yeah, the Doomsday, I was not. I didn't. Oh man, like, and maybe this is like my mis- nostalgia glasses and just growing up with the death of Superman and the introduction of Doomsday and stuff, but. I th- thought it was cool how they made him a clone of Zod, or like they spawned him from Zod. Um, but I don't know. There's so much more that could have been done, I think. And yeah, there was some cringe. I mean, like, what's with the Jolly Rancher stuff? I don't understand the Jolly Rancher stuff. Uh, I think um, uh, who? Oh yeah. <laughs> what's his name? I can't. It's the guy who played Lex Luthor. I he's can't a, think of his. He's a brilliant name. actor. 
Yeah, yeah he's Jesse. great. Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, he's a brilliant actor. Yeah. Um, but he just didn't fit that Lex Luthor role. And I understand they were trying to bring in like a bit of zaniness plus some Gene Hackman from the original Donner films with that hair. But we had to wait that whole movie to see him bald and actually look menacing and evil, you know? Yeah. I understand character arcs, but it just took me out of it. I mean, you have Clancy Brown or, or you know what I mean? Like you could do the voice. He's like, he's amazing. Uh, like you have so many actors that could be Brian Cranston would have been a great Lex Luthor, you know? I, I and it really surprised were... me that Zack Snyder went that route. Sorry. Go ahead. I think I was just gonna say, I think they were just trying to, to bring it, like make it more of a modern day tech billionaire kind of a guy instead of like the old school, like, you know, like for, for Lex Luthor, they want to make him look like a young, uh, you know, like he like he founded Facebook or something like they were trying to get that kind of a of a of a character, you know, to mo like modernize it. Just exactly. Weird. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> All right. What else? Uh, I mean, that's it. Oh, yeah, new Ghostbusters so. trailer. Oh, that new Ghostbusters trailer was badass. Did you guys see that? If you haven't seen the yeah. new Ghostbusters trailer, guys, get just dump the stream. Go watch it right now. It's it, dude. It looks wait. like it. It you looks like it's gonna. October now. Uh, yeah, yeah. They don't want to have to sue their. Uh, they don't want to have to sue Sony. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for for releasing it on Sony Plus. Oh, there is no Sony Plus. Um, yeah, like a Zuckerberg. That's exactly what I was talking about. I couldn't think of Zuck's name. Thanks, yeah. Sean Harrington. Harrigan, like, I'm sorry. Earth is his toy to play with, but if he's hmm. a super genius, there was a better way for him to, to fight Batman and Superman against each other. And we only got 10 minutes of that fight scene, by the way. And it was a pretty good fight scene, but we only got 10 minutes of it, you know? And, and why did he kill Jimmy Olsen at the beginning of the film? I don't understand that. That's a whole character that they could expand on. Like, he was a CIA yeah. agent, right? And then he just got shot in the face. I thought it was funny. Right. I just, <laughs> just want to know why he killed him, you know? So I don't know. And then the, the way they represented Batman was pretty good when he's like hiding in the corner in the ceiling and stuff. Like I that was badass. Yeah. I could go that, on for this for like two hours. Like, yeah. Like Batman's my boy, but I don't know. Ghostbusters is still a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And Robocop and Terminator is still a thing. How do you, yeah. Have you not been watching? Dude, the, the Ghostbusters trailer, uh, it looks awesome. Like it looks really good. Really good. The the state there's the Stay Puft March Marshmallow uh guy, little little guy. Little guy. Yeah. yeah, and then Ecto One is badass. Like it just looks cool. It's like it's well, it reminds me of uh, of Stranger Things mixed with Ghostbusters, honestly. But it's right. uh, it's Paul Finn Wolfhard in it. Yeah, yeah it, it's Paul Rudd, uh, yeah. and he's always good. So it's I don't know. I think I think they get the right people in them. And uh, what about uh, that that ends that uh, post credit end scene at the end of the trailer? Where's the the occult gift shop? Did you see that? Is that uh, the, it, the it, phone it, rings and it's an occult gift shop? Oh, I didn't. I heard. Yeah, some, I, it's I, Ray. It's Ray. He picks up the phone and goes. And he we're says closed. Something. Yeah, he yeah, says we're yeah. closed. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see it. I I I don't know if I saw a squirrel and I'd like uh, uh, diverted my attention, but I heard I heard Dan Aykroyd say we're closed, and I was like, oh crap, yeah. is he? Um, I. Can't yeah, wait. That's, no, that's gonna be good, and anything will be, be better good. than. I still haven't seen the 2016 one. To be honest with you, it's. So. I mean, there's a few good things in that, uh, but it's it's a. I mean, it's Ivan Reitman's son. It's Jason Reitman. Like, I mean, it's this is his. It's basically carrying on the legacy and his pure nostalgia glasses. It's gonna be. I think it's gonna be good. Yeah, it's I'm gonna excited. be. Fantastic. I like the whole uh, 
remote control car has the the ghostbusters trap on it so when they're in the car did you see yeah. that <laughs> i didn't they, notice it was a remote control car it was, yeah. it was that and that's what they did when, when they're in the ecto and then the door yeah, yeah. slides out and they're so like that's how they capture ghosts while they're on the run because it's that's remote, awesome. instead of having to slide the trap underneath the ghosts yeah they'll just use that, the remote control car so i'm really excited for it and i think you're, you're right paul rudd's great and everything so yeah he's he is awesome uh Man, I I'm stoked. You said October is when is when that's. Yeah. Oh jeez. I know. It'll be here before we know it. Well, who yeah. are we, who who are we kidding? Think about how how uh, far back uh, January it feels like it was yesterday. I remember saying to myself when like I was saying, okay, I'll, I'll I just have to stay alive until Batman v Superman comes out, and then if anything else <laughs> happens after that, the world ends and I'm okay. Like that's how much I was like rooting for that movie. I wanted to see that movie. That's hilarious. Yeah. And how long ago was that? That oh, was a long time. That was like 2016, wasn't it? No. Yeah. Now, now, you, now it's borrowed time. Anything we got now is just bonus. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I, I want to see Tarantino's last film too. Yeah, it was 2016. BBS came out. Wow. So. What I want to do is I want to live till I'm like 150 years old. So I or yeah, so I can see uh, that film Robert Rodriguez made with John Malkovich and put in a vault. They made it for like some uh, whiskey company or something. It's like mm -hmm. a sci-fi film, and uh, no one's seen it except probably Rodriguez and Malkovich. And they locked in the vault, and then they won't be uh, open for a hundred years. Are you kidding me? No, it's true. How yeah. how long is the film? Uh, I think it's a feature. Let me look it up. That's super cool. I've never even heard of this. That's called a hundred years. Um, I'll send you the the teaser. Wow! Upcoming experimental science fiction film written by John Malkovich and directed by Rodriguez, advertised in 2015 with the tagline "The movie you will never see." It is due to be released on November 18th, 2115. Wow! Yeah, I wonder. That's crazy. I wonder if that dude, that time traveler that we were talking about, uh, is is seen it. I don't know. He was wrong about the revolution in 2008. So. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of crazy time travel stuff. There's some TikTok guy that's running around uh, that's that's making these videos where there's no one around. He films places that there should be people and there's no people. And he claims to be a time traveler. And it's pretty creepy. If you do, do a little Googling, you might be able to find it. Uh, and I was like, ah, whatever. Mm -hmm. Then I started watching. I went down a rabbit hole watching this guy's channel. Yeah. And and it's pretty creepy. It's like after a while, it's it's creepy. It starts to like your brain starts to be a sponge to that stuff you start seeing the connections or yeah you just start thinking dude this is a lot of big places where there should be people yeah. and i don't know if it's maybe they're locked down for the for the uh for the pandemic that'd or something the, that'd and, be the per perfect time to do a video like that during yeah it, it's multiple videos though he keeps posting new new videos and he's walking around i don't know if he's just finding places that are closed and you <laughs> know at, at one point uh, the only flaw to uh, is i could he was in a McDonald's on one of them. He's walking and there's nobody in the McDonald's and he's walking in there and it's, it's creepy. You don't see anybody. And then, uh, but I heard the, the fry alarm going off. <laughs> so like, Hey, time to pull the fries out of the whatever, you know? And, and I'm like, ah, that, that means there's somebody back there. That's like, maybe it was before they were open and he's walking oh, yeah. through and there's nobody, but the fry alarm, I was like, if you were, if there were no people, nobody, you, nobody would be making for, well, unless he no went in there power on it either too. Well, right. Well, there was power in places. Yeah, but there would be, if it was a apocalyptic scenario or if it's yeah. just like 
no one was around, they wouldn't waste the power. Yeah, they wouldn't have power. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, it was it was weird. It, it was pretty pretty weird. And then I'm like, oh, or maybe he went and made his own fries. And he had and like, if you were the last, you start watching these, you start thinking like, if I was the last person, how would you? What the hell would you do? You just start walking around like, okay, I'm gonna go into this subway and go into their walk-in and just start cooking for yourself, and then walk around to another business and like, you know, like like what do you do if you're the last? It's pretty interesting. Yeah, I think they uh, made a movie or two about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really? Uh, yeah. Last oh, man good. on Earth. Vincent oh, that's Price, Omega Man, uh, Charlton Heston, and I Am Legend, uh, Will oh. Smith, all based off the same franchise. All remakes ah. together. You know that? Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Last Man on Earth was the first one. So. Yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. The uh, the yeah, go do a Google search, find it. It's pretty neat. I will. Yeah. I will. All right, yes, sir. Well, cool. You gonna wrap it up? And guys, we were talking a little about Snake Eyes. I did a video on my channel, uh, Clint Baker, uh, YouTube.com, Clint Baker channel, uh, about Snake Eyes, and uh, it is a spoiler review. So if you wanna, if you wanna hear me bitch about Snake Eyes, what Clint doesn't like everything. I liked and didn't like that movie. I enjoyed it, but I didn't like it. Uh, and I'll talk, I talk all about it. So, uh, thank you guys who have gone over and supported me, uh, since I've been on small screen and, and have also checked out my channel. I really appreciate it. Give them the likes yeah. and leave comments, right? Yeah. Same with so, us too. Give us likes and leave comments. How many likes we got tonight? I yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Awesome. Okay. Edward, if you're wherever you are, my friend, if you are watching this, we miss you, man. And we will uh, hopefully we'll have you back next week. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right, let's and, give a shout out to our, our patrons. Yeah, let's do it. First, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash small screen co. And uh, I'll be updating more. There's a few weeks where I didn't, but now I'll be updating a lot because there's a lot going on. There he is. And uh, so Kazakh. Kazakhs. Danzig 1979. Who didn't show up tonight? Sean Soundtrack. Sean Soundtracks. Bobby. And Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. Hope you're doing well playing your Switch and hope you get an OLED Switch. And then uh, you and Edward can team up on Animal Crossing. And then we also have the Sax God. Play yeah. us off, Clint. Where can we reach you at? Uh, you can find me at the OG Clint Baker on Twitter, and you can find me at uh, Clint Baker YouTube channel, uh, basically. The Clint Baker channel at YouTube, or you know what I'm saying. Uh, Knock it off, YouTube. This is a live stream. You can yeah. find me at uh, 42cutcom on Twitter, and then uh, at small screen and you know, behind the scenes of uh, other things. So, yeah, boring. Right. Well, cool, guys. Thanks. Thank you guys for tuning in and uh, chatting with us and uh, interacting. And as we talk about the Scarlett Johansson thing and uh, the air cut and all the other stuff out there in the world. And uh, if you haven't seen that Ghostbusters trailer, go check it out. Have a great night. I'm going to go uh, see if Edward has anything in the fridge because I'm, I'm starving. So we will see you guys later. Once again, on small screen. Um, and uh, have a great night. Like and subscribe and be nice on me. <laughs> anyway, enough about our balls.
That was absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. This is crap. Clint! Clint! You ruined my show! James, how could you let him do this? Clint! This show was terrible! Hello, Harrigan. Harrigan. Go over there and hit the fucking like button. All right, you hit it now. <laughs> you motherfucking hit the fucking like. I just told you to hit the motherfucking like.